Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy tools and analysis on the entire internet. We are continuing our preseason question series, so let's get right into it. The next question we have in our series of uh, preseason fantasy basketball questions that I think does relate to our previous question. What are we going to do with Damian Lillard? Because I don't believe, if I uh, remember correctly, I don't believe we dropped Dame Lillard out of our first round. Therefore, both me and you have him as a first-round player. Is that safe to say? Yeah, I mean, I just don't see how you don't. When we kicked out all those other people, right? Like, at some point, you have to have somebody in the top 12, and I think Dame Lillard stays there. Yeah, and I also think Damian Lillard, no matter where he goes, he is Dame Lillard. He will be a destroyer of worlds. He will score a bunch and hit a bunch of threes and be fantastic, even if he's playing in Miami. Now, that's where everybody thinks he's going. He's only 33. He's 33, but he's still a young old guy. That's true, but put but put him on any team and just like go like, okay, well, what's what's going to be different? Like he's going to hit a he's going to score a bunch. He's going to hit a bunch of threes. He's going to get a bunch of assists. Like, Miami's going to make him their point guard. Pretty much any team's going to make him their point guard. Like, he's not going to Golden State where he's got to share the ball with Steph Curry. Like, so I, I don't... I, I feel good about this guy being a, a top 12 player. Now, again, we can talk about should he be in the top five. That might be a different story. Yeah, and I think maybe that is the discussion we have... Um, say that for the second part of this question because the first part of this question is maybe all right if we have dame lillard in our first round and we think he's getting traded what happens if he doesn't get traded well and this is why i think his situation is a little bit different than someone like harden's is like He's Damian Lillard. Do you, do you really see him not playing? Like, I see him more doing what Durant did last year, where he just goes, all right, I guess I'll play then. And then maybe at some point during the deadline or whenever, he, he probably gets traded. But I don't see Damian Lillard being like, there's no way I'm playing for the Blazers ever again. you got to trade me right now. I would agree. I think Dame is, gives a shit about the city that he plays for. I think he gives a shit about... Uh, the the city of Portland, uh, those fans, and I I don't think even if he is trying to get out, I don't think he would do the thing that could hurt his legacy there as as really one of the all time Portland Trailblazers to uh, just sit out and say screw you, I don't give a shit. Um, I think he does give a shit, quite frankly, uh, with all the things he said and done in that community and for that city. Uh, I actually I think he really does give a shit. My, if I had to put money on it, I don't think I think Damian Lillard does start the season as a trailblazer. Because I think it would have already happened by now if it was going to. Well, I think what what has to happen for Damian Lillard to not be a trailblazer is this: he's got to say, "I'm willing to go to whatever team makes the best offer," and not just say, "I'm only willing to go to Miami." Is he willing to do that? I'm not sure. I'm not sure that he is, but also like at some point, does the Portland do the Portland Trailblazers go? 
Well, I guess this Miami deal is actually good enough because it's better than a Dame Lillard who doesn't, you know, doesn't want to be here. So, like, and who's just gonna leave for, for whatever? How many how many years does he have in that contract though? Oh, he's locked up long term. I mean, it's, yeah, he, it's not going one, away two, anytime three, soon. Uh, yeah, he's got a player. No, he's well. I thought I thought he had a player. He's a player option in twenty six. So he's there till at least at least twenty six. Lord, twenty twenty six. Did they he's sign the twenty twenty five contract? Yeah, he's got this year, then two years, and then twenty twenty six. He's a player option, and then he's not actually a free agent until twenty seven. So he's locked up forever. Uh, yeah, I, w- I wonder. I wonder if like that good graces, right? Like where Dame goes. All right, you know, you're trying to get me traded. I'll play here. Blah blah blah. And they don't trade him this year. That Dame might have another another idea. That Dame might not be playing. Yeah, and I mean it'll be interesting. Like obviously they just don't want Hero because they've got Simons and they've got Sharp and they've got Scoo Henderson. Like they don't really have anywhere to play Hero. Um, is somebody mm-hmm. else willing to make a decent offer for Hero? And if that's the case, then I think the trade, the trade with Miami might actually work. Right? Like if they can get a pick or two for Hero, and they can get a couple picks for Lillard, and you know whatever else Miami's offering, like at some point that trade becomes really good, right? Um, it just depends on who actually wants Tyler Hero. I think it'll get done. I think it'll get done this season. I think Dame will be moving, and where, like you said, wherever he moves to, he is going to be Dame. He's going to do the things that Dame does. Uh, Dame historically, even though you know there was last year, historically a very healthy player, a player who plays lots of minutes, uh, who gets lots of stats, and is um, definitely a first-round player. Do you have Dame Lillard in your top five? Well, that's where things get interesting, right? Because I mean, Lillard finished—he only played fifty-eight games, and he finished sixth in uh, totals last year. So. If you assume he's going to be healthier, he probably deserves to be in your top five. Um, I think he's right there for me. Like, I, I can't really find enough players that I want over him. So at that point, like, I think he's actually probably in my rankings like fifth right now. But that could change. Okay. That, that seems fair. I think uh, you will get a top five player if he's playing all season. And right now... I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be playing at kind of like a what we're considering a full season load right now, which is like 65 games. Um, I think he'll try to approach 65 games if he if he can. Uh, like a lot, of, I think a lot of players will hit that 65 and then peace out simply to get you know eligible for the awards. So, yeah, Dame is definitely in my middle middle of my first round. Ooh, man. This is going to be very interesting. A very interesting season, I think. Um, the next question in our series is a question that I've been thinking about for personal reasons, right? Because um, a lover scorn is a lover... Uh, I don't know what the stupid phrase is. Someone tweeted me at Watch the Boxes. You know what stupid metaphor I'm trying to make or simile or I also failed English so I have no idea what I'm trying to say. Anyway, I'm real pissed off because Larry Markin is an all-star. 
Larry Markinen is on the Utah Jazz, and they let him actually like play basketball instead of like standing in the corner like Jim Boylan, who's an absolute moron and should be shot into the center of the sun. Like I would like to start a GoFundMe to shoot Jim Boylan into the sun. Larry Markinen is 26. He is in his prime. Larry Markinen per game last season, 19th overall in totals, 21 in 66 games. Is Larry Markinen a top 20 player moving forward? Like, is is this kind of like a no-brainer pick now? Or was last season a one-off? Uh, can it be both be, be the answer? Like, I think... I don't think it was a one-off. No, I don't think it can I, be. <laughs> well, here's what I'm going to say. I don't think it's it was a one-off. I think he can produce the numbers again. But I also don't know that I'm taking him in the second round. Oh, okay. That's uh, okay. pontificate on that, my friend. I'll explain. How many games in his career does Laurie Markin average for a season? Well, as a Chicago Bulls fan, it's uh, I know for a fact that it is not a lot. I think it's like around 60, maybe less. 58 games. Ooh, man, I'm good. Last year was the second healthiest of his career. The only time he played more was 68 games as a rookie with the Bulls. That's true, and he had a great year that year. And he was 23rd last year in totals. So, again, we're talking about a guy who was good. But if, again, the games are going to be more like 60 than 66, he's outside the second round. Here's the other thing I'll say that I don't particularly like about taking Laurie Markin in the second round. 0.6 steals, 0.6 blocks. Not great. And under two assists again. Yeah, and there's no reason to think any of those three categories are going to get better. Now, maybe you could say the assists, but if you're going to give me basically no steals and half a block like i'm i'm not super interested in you in the second round i mean it's literally just points and rebounds and really good percentages which in a roto league that's fine but in the head-to-head like i don't want you in the second round so again i don't think last year was a fluke like i think he can produce those numbers again but i don't really want him as my second player that's fair i think even when you look at it from a fantasy basketball standpoint right he is a complimentary player. Your second-round player should be a guy you're like, hell yeah, I can't wait to build around this dude, my first-round pick, and this second-round pick. I cannot wait to build around Devin Booker, let's say, um, and whoever I took in the first round. Or if maybe you took Devin Booker in the first round, which is something we might talk about. Larry Markin is a complimentary piece. Good score, quality rebounds when he's playing. It's those threes for a big, great percentages. Like you're saying, not someone excited to build around. Um, he got to the line a lot more last season, which I think is going to stay because I think that's part of his game that was being neutered um, in the um, in Chicago and in Cleveland, uh, where he well Cleveland he really didn't even need to play. It's actually now I'm looking at the minutes per game right now, and he only played like 26 minutes per game in his final season in Chicago. Once again, Jim Boylan straight into the sun. That's where he should be. Larry Markkinen on the Jazz is, is going to play a similar role as he did last year. I think you know, like you're saying I think he's going to be really really good. But like we've seen players like this before, right? Who are really good scorers, solid rebounders, good you know percentages, but they're counting stats are 
mediocre, if not bad. And in this case, assists are bad. Counting sets are like mediocre. They're not a little bit above half a steal, a half a block. A little bit of a knock here, a little bit of a knock there, and you're easily starting to flow down towards 40th overall instead of 20th overall. That's how tight the margins are in that uh, second tier, third tier. We talk about a lot when we talk about our uh, draft strategy. Larry Markkinen, I don't know, man. Yeah, I I think I'm with you. I don't want to build a team around Larry Markkinen because he's not a person you can build around. Well, and not only that, but like we're talking about a guy who shot career high percentages last year, and if those percentages come down a little bit, like you're saying, like he's more of like the 40th ranked player. So, like, I definitely do not want Lauren Markin in my second round. I do not want him to be my second round pick. I'd rather have someone like Jimmy Butler or Kevin Durant, where like they've got the upside that if they do play the games, they're going to be awesome, right? Like, give me one of those players over someone like Markin, who, what what can we really expect? Like, he's going to be fine, but he's not going to be, like. It felt like last year was kind of a high watermark. Like, how much better is he going to get than that? I, d- I don't think any. And he was barely in the second round then. Yeah, there's there's so many good players that could be in the second round, like Dante Sabonis, that you, that you would, and, or Devin Booker, like, that you'd be happy to build around. You'd be like, oh, hell yeah, this guy's unique or he's versatile. Iron Markin's kind of a one-trick pony. He's a really great one-trick pony. He's a, you know, top uh, 30 35 one-trick pony the things that he's good at he's very good at and he's pretty good at many many stats but like you know if this is his ceiling then this is his ceiling and that's um i'd rather pick someone with some upside or a high just legitimately just a higher um not just ceiling but a higher floor too because like larry Markin's floor is still pretty low he's only done this one year and we don't know if that was, like you're saying, just a fluke, if he's finally healthy, and um, he has not been healthy in previous seasons, which means he could not be, might not be healthy next season, too. So it's 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 a little too risky and a little too one-note for me to take a second-round pick on Larry Markkinen. I'm with you on that. The next question in our series, this is a good question, Tyler. I like this question. I've been thinking about this guy a lot. Will Chris Middleton bounce back from his injury last season? This, if you listen to the Watching the Boxes podcast, you know for a fact that we are giant Chris Middleton fans. We love Chris Middleton. We think he is just across the board a fantastic player. He's often overlooked um, and drafted much lower than his actual values in previous seasons. He's finished um, around the 40 mark in per game, and when he is healthy, um, finishing closer to the top 25 in totals. Last season, obviously, uh, very devastating. He's 32 years old. He only played 33 games last season. And let's you know throw a little bit of a caveat in there as well. The league is getting better, and Chris Middleton is staying consistently good. Do we think Chris Middleton bounces back? And I'm gonna throw a little. I'm gonna throw in a little extra question. If he does bounce back, is he kind of still your kind of sleeper third round pick? Um, I think we saw in the playoffs like what Middleton can do, right? I mean, like Middleton was pretty good in the playoffs despite the Bucks not being good and losing. Um, I think a lot of that was just injuries the last year. 
Now he is 32, so is that the first of a, a slew of injuries, right? We've seen that with a, a lot of different players. So I guess that's the worry is like, you know, this could be the first injured season of a mountain of injured seasons to come before retirement. Um, but I feel pretty good about Middleton. Now, I think you made a good point about, you know, where do, where do we take him? That's a good question. Um, I think a lot of people are going to sleep on Middleton, and I actually probably will have him in a lot of leagues as like a fourth-round pick because if you can get Middleton in the fourth round, like who's going to be better out there in the fourth round than Middleton? A guy who can score you 20 a game, get you 5-5, five and five, probably 1.2 steals, decent percentages. Like I just don't know that anyone better is going to be out there. Uh, I'm going to do you one better. I think you can get Chris Middleton in the fifth round. I really think people are going to be sleeping on him. And that's the beauty of him. I, I, I do think he has the, the capability of bouncing back to 80 85% because I don't think his game is more of positioning, timing, footwork versus beating guys off the, you know, with a quick step or getting to the rim or he's, he's like fundamentally sound. So like, I don't think like these injuries are going to eat into his overall skill level on the court. Let's hope as we all should hope that our good, uh, our good friend, Chris Middleton, one of our favorite players stays healthy. Right. And like this, this is not a, um, know a oh here comes a career long battling the injuries let's let's hope not um in a industry mock draft that uh, happened a handful of weeks ago or i ended up getting chris middleton at the end of the fifth round with the last pick in the fifth round that's how overlooked Chris Middleton is right now, and I actually love that. I think that's great because this is a guy who I almost would guarantee if he is healthy, he will be a top 50 player. I, I would put a, a shit ton of money on that. Well, here's the other thing. If you look at his per 36 numbers, they were the exact same as they were in 2022 for the most part. And the only thing that was different was he didn't play as many minutes because he was hurt, and he was ramping back up when he did come back, so he didn't play a ton of minutes. So I feel good about Middleton's production when he does play. It's the question is how much does he play? And that's a question with a lot of people, right? We don't know how much anyone's going to play. Um, but I feel pretty good about Middleton being... And this is what you're saying. If you can get him in the fifth round, that's... 100%. Stupid. And I think that's why both of us are going to be really liking Chris Middleton, talking a lot about Chris, as we always do every single season, talking a lot about Chris Middleton. I have a question, though. The way Chris Middleton came back last season was probably one of the weirder returns from an injury I can remember, right? It seems like they might have brought him back a little too early. Um, brought him back at the end of January and started playing him like 14, 15 minutes, but they would play him every game. And then they ramped up his minutes, but then started sitting him here and there. Middleton had a few flop games in that time, and he had some actually fantastically stellar games in that time period. Are you are you concerned at all about the way he came back, that this injury is weirder than we think it is? No, because pretty much all of them were back-to-backs. Now, sometimes they set him on the first night of a back-to-back, but for some reason the Bucks like 
their back half of their schedule was loaded with a ton of back-to-backs. So he basically had to sit a bunch of those games. Like, if you go back and look at the game log, like, most of the times he sat was on one night or the other of a back-to-back. So I think there was just, like, a weird scheduling quirk where he ended up missing a lot more games. But at the same time, I think they were just trying to bring him along slow and make sure that he was healthy in the playoffs, which was their ultimate goal, right? Like, by the time they brought Middleton back, they... You know, we're already the number one seed. They didn't really have to even bring him back. They just wanted him to be ready for the playoffs. Yeah, that's fair. And they're and they're that's exactly what they're going to be shooting for this year is a championship. You got prime Giannis. You got still a you know, I would say at the end of his prime, not in not kind of like in that fading old age, Chris Middleton age, thirty two. I think is like what I'd consider the the end of your prime. For on average, right? Each player is obviously different, and uh, I, I think the books are positioned as, quite frankly, the best team in the in the East. At least my favorites to come out of the East this season. Now we all know that obviously didn't happen last season uh, in spectacular fashion, but there was a lot of injuries there. This is a healthy team, and this is a healthy Chris Middleton. Man, Chris Middleton is going to be a steal in a lot of these drafts. That's it for this episode. You can catch me on Twitter at Watch the Boxes. You can catch Tyler at Tyler P. Watts on Twitter. And we will see you next time.